Hey, coming up tonight on your favorite podcast, that's right, the pod football part of it anyway has come to an end. The Super Bowl has come and gone. We will talk about it. Zach and myself will be here for the next uh, hour or so talking football from all angles, break down the big game, uh, maybe talk a little Rihanna, who knows. Uh, definitely talk about some of the coaching hires that have happened since then uh, and, and take it from there and maybe even finish with a little baseball since pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. So we wrap the football season next on the pod. <laughs> Hey, it's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That's my buddy Zach over there on the other side of the computer screen this evening. The coach, the defensive coordinator, the fast pitch coach to the All-Stars, all those coaching things you can think of. Even was an assistant basketball coach once, if you can believe that. Uh, that's our my guy, Zach Me Neighbor. Zach, good to see you. How's it going, Tim? Good. Although, you know, I'm, I'm, we got to start with this. So this is now going to technically be episode 199. We were in the process of shooting the Jurassic Park pod last Thursday when Lauren's uh, computer gave way. Normally, it's my computer that gives out, uh, but it's it was hers that gave way. So we lost a, the, the pod. So we will be working on finishing that pod this week, and that will become episode 200 of the podcast. So maybe this is 199, maybe this is 200, maybe we can embellish it, I don't know, but it's a but here we are. Can you believe it, Zach? You and I have been here for about 100 plus of these. Are you uh doing all of the Jurassic Parks or the first one? What's what's on the docket here? Just the first one, just the first one. To me that's the classic. That's the ultimate watch it again and again film, to be honest. Like I thought Jurassic World was good. I didn't think the rest of them were good. And, and I'm good. Like, I don't need to see Jurassic World again. I saw it once. I enjoyed it. Don't need to see it again. But Jurassic Park, I think I could see, you know, once a month for the rest of my life, probably. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is where, like, T-Rex breaks loose in, like, New York or something. I or what I can't remember, right? There's <laughs> yeah. one of them, and I'm like, all right, at this point, we've jumped the shark. And um, so, no, I, I actually read the book in middle school. Oh, um, that would put us right around the time it came out too. the movie came out. I mean, it was made in the book was made in 90 movie in 93. I think I saw the movie first and then decided to read the book after if I'm recalling correctly. But um, book's very good, too. Right. I mean, there's a little more into it and you can get away with a little more right in the book than you could in the movie, especially in the time period, right? Where, uh, you know, CGI was limited and, and those sort of things. Yeah. It was a real CGI breakthrough that film. It's that's, I think maybe why it holds up. Like it was just, it just holds like a lot of the stuff that they did special effects wise still looks really, really good. Uh, where some films have faded out that one, I think still looks really, really stunning at times. So I give it to Jurassic park. So you'll get that full pod at some point. Uh, I promise you that. Um, Ryan is out tonight uh, dealing with the fussy baby, the the, the trials and tribulations of a young parent. Uh, he is battling, and as he has battled all season long since uh, young Kieran was born, uh, but he's out tonight on dad responsibilities, leaving 
uh, you and I to finish up the football season, put a bow on the 2022 NFL season tonight, our third season covering football. And here we are, you and I to break it down. And a, and a happy Valentine's Day to him too with the cranky little guy. <laughs> I'm sure it made for a lovely, a lovely Valentine's Day for, for Ryan and Lauren over there at the, uh, at the Nelson Kane estate. Uh, your Valentine's Day, you, well, first of all, you had a hell of a Valentine's week. Started with the historic girls hockey game last Thursday night that you were, I was waiting for a text. I was trying to find a score because it was my school and your school and your gal's school. And uh, the game went to six overtimes and you were at the game. Were you not? I, I was not at the game. I was at home because of the little guys. Um, but I was getting updates throughout the whole thing. Um, and, and we'll talk about this maybe a little later too with baseball. Um, but like, and, you know, and, and baseball changing their or permanently adjusting their extra inning rules. Yep. But there's just something special about a marathon game, right? I mean, it's yeah. kind of one of those, you, you remember them, especially if you're at them, even if they're not of consequence, right. But obviously in playoff hockey, right. And it's single limb in high school. And it goes six overtimes. Um, it was crazy, right? The shots were like 91 to 50. Um, a wild game, right? It's something that those kids are going to remember forever. Um, the coaches are going to remember forever. You know, and I think it was our, uh, well, your senior year, my junior year, um, the guys hockey team played the longest game in the history of the state. And I think it still might be the longest men's game. That went seven overtimes. Yeah. I do think there are some um, – I, I do think there's something to be said for I'm okay with it only being a playoff thing that goes to this overtime because you wouldn't want girls or, or uh, baseball players or anything to play you know these kinds of games multiple times throughout a season because that would be disastrous. I don't, I don't have a problem with a regular season baseball game going 14, 15 innings. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I love extra inning games. I don't like the current situation, but we'll get to that, I think, when, yeah, when we wind this pod down tonight. But either way, really special for your gal to be on the bench to that game, uh, be a part of that as a coach. And I know certainly the coaching staff I knew of at my school was buzzing about it, and the kids that I taught in class were buzzing about it still uh, all the way up on Monday morning. So big shout yeah, out to, they, to they that. They felt kind of like celebrities at school the next day, for sure. They did. Yeah. And I, I mean, our goalie is getting all the buzz for 89 saves, even in a losing effort. I mean, people are acknowledging a kind of a Herculean performance there in net to getting peppered all night long. So that was pretty cool. So really happy for those, uh, those girls, hockey players. That was really awesome. And, uh, left for that. But then here you are, uh, you've gone through the weekend. You had your, your, your daughter become a, the Morp queen or the snow days queen. I mean, look at you. This has been a wild Valentine's day for you. Wild Valentine's week. Yeah, she just walked into the room too as you brought that up. So good, yeah. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Yeah, it yeah, was a, it was a fun, fun Friday um, with the kids. Right, my son was there too to escort her. Um, and then you know, busy weekend. <clears throat> um, you know, Valentine's Day we was pretty low key here, um, as you know it tends to be with the younger kids and they did their valentines at daycare uh brooke's boyfriend is coming over here later oh boy but you know the king right oh of course uh, so he and does he like to be acknowledged as your highness yeah i mean is that an important thing uh um but they went out and did their stuff you know they did their stuff over the weekend and 
um, went out to eat and whatnot. So yeah, I was trying to figure fun. out like, when do we stop worrying about, I mean, we go to dinner, like I'm sure you and you and the gal have gone to dinner. My gal and I went to dinner last night, tried to beat the crowd, but like, when do, when does this, like in the, in the stage of a relationship, when does Valentine's day become like less of a thing where you have to do gifts and you got to do all the extra stuff. Does that ever stop? Or, or we, I think I've hit a spot with my gal where we've hit a comfort zone where we no longer have to do that. Um, I think I, I probably lack a little bit on Valentine's day. Um, part of that is I run the gauntlet. We go Christmas anniversary, her birthday and Valentine's <laughs> day all in that little, you know, two month stretch or less than two months stretch, really month and a half. So this is the final, um, the final hurdle to get over kind of, you know, <laughs> much like, much like students in third trimester, I'm just being drug across the line here. Um, I've, I've run the gauntlet and now I'm off for 10 months. Congratulations coach. You've earned it. Oh man. Hey, uh, so we, we made it. Speaking of running the gauntlet, uh, we started talking football in August and here we are in February wrapping up this season. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this game and kind of where do you want to take it first? Do you want to start with Kansas City and just kind of talk about it from their perspective and maybe kind of the big picture stuff with them at the end of the year when we look back on it and see it in its, totali- in its totality? Uh, where do we talk about this Kansas City team? Oh, you lost your mic. What happened? You muted. Let's get him unmuted. How's there that? That's perfect. That's now go ahead. Um, go ahead now. Okay, so I think as the first half was going on, I I really thought, you know, we had talked about it a few times, like, man, their kicking game might come home to bite them here at some point. And I thought, here it is, right? They missed that field goal, and the Eagles seemed to be in control most of the half. Um, and then the second half was completely different. And I I posted it online that, I mean, it really was a coaching clinic by Andy Reid and the chief staff in the second half. Um, They gained every yard they could have gained, right, until they took a knee at the very end. Um, They scored on every possession, um, and they walked in for multiple touchdowns. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, we, we, we discussed the penalty, and I'm sure we probably won't talk about it too long here tonight because I think we're kind of on the same page where – you know, was it a call that we were excited to see happen? No, um, it probably was a flag, right? You could see, especially afterwards when they showed some of the other footage, you got to see the hold. And the guy said he held. Yeah. Right. So I think that kind of ends the the debate on it right there. Um, so maybe it leaves a little bit of a sour taste at the end of your game just because that's how it ended. Um, but I thought it was a phenomenal game and, and well done by the Chiefs. You mentioned that, yeah, you thought that the Chiefs were really out coaching the um, the Eagles in the second half especially, and I agree with you. I, I thought it was a really impressive thing. I guess the thing that stuck out to me, and, you know, Andy Reid has always had this reputation of being a pass-first guy, like he's always going to throw it, he never runs it when he needs to. I thought he did, like, the ultimate zag uh, when I think people thought he'd zig. You know, Sirianni, the one thing about him in this game was, like, he never abandoned, like, Sirianni stuff. Like, he kept going forward on fourth and one. They kept running that quarterback sneak. He never deviated from who he was. And I thought in the second half, Andy Reid deviated, and in a good way. They started running the ball 
for big chunks, whether it was the big quarterback run by Mahomes late, but Pacheco became a big factor. They started doing a lot of motion and misdirection. You saw him really empty the playbook. And to me, it felt like Sirianni even maybe threw the ball more than he normally does. Um, at yeah, time. Sanders was a non-factor. Yeah. Nothing. I I think that, um, I mean, they you, you had the number one defense in the league. They had zero sacks. They never really even had pressure. Um, you know, there were no turnovers. They were held in check. The other, the other big thing I think we should probably talk about too is the, the fumble by Hertz. Yeah, um, it was a killer. And, and that kept Kansas City in the game, right? If they don't get that turnover for a touchdown, um, it, it, who knows what happens going into halftime. It and, could be down as much as 31-7 in that spot. If, right. with, or 31-10 or 27-10, you name it. It could be a three-score game if that fumble for touchdown doesn't exist. Uh, other thing that, I mean, they were real close to another fumble for a touchdown. Yeah, and, I thought they were actually going to get that call too. I really did. And then and then we probably would have had a defensive player win the MVP award. Yeah, because that would have right? been two scoop and scores yeah, for that two, guy. Two scoop and scores, that's, you're the winner, right? I would think so. Especially yeah. if those are truly the difference in the game. Yeah, no turnovers for Mahomes, no sacks. The old line for Kansas City was dominant. I don't think I've ever seen, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I haven't watched a lot of Chiefs games, uh, or an, enough Chiefs games, but they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff with motion, and you talked about it in our text stream, so I want to give you full credit for this. You talked about like they're lining up in the same mo- in the same formations, they're running back-to-back stuff, and they're moving guys, and it's and they're getting guys to bite and change on misdirections. I thought on the Kadarius-Tony touchdown, especially, like that really popped on that play, right? Yeah, and that's that's the one too where you look at it like I mean that they clearly saw something and and had it drawn up for that because there was talk too they um I saw it earlier today that like the Jaguars ran something similar against them in like week 4. And so obviously the Chiefs had that scouted out and really liked the look and went with it because um it, it worked exactly like, I mean, it looked like almost mere images, right? The two times they ran it and it looked pretty similar to what they did when they scored against, uh, or when Jacksonville scored against the Eagles as well. Yeah. And the defense for Philadelphia couldn't stop Kansas City in the second half. They, I mean, the, uh, the Chiefs scored on all four possessions that they had with the ball. Uh, again, great adjustments. How much of the like 30 minute halftime was the difference. I was, I mean, I Olsen was talking on one side that that was maybe going to be a detriment on Mahomes' ankle, but the 30 minutes seemed like it mattered because like, if you're Philadelphia, you were probably thinking, nope, let's keep playing. Let's not go to the half. Let's try to, we have all the momentum. Why stop playing? But I felt like Kansas City needed that long halftime and it really worked to their advantage. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, there's been a couple Super Bowls where you see that that long halftime maybe changes the momentum and wasn't that was the, the Ravens Super Bowl too, right? When the Ravens and was the it the Niners, Niners, right? Yeah. yeah Cause they had like, the power, outage, power too. outage too. And all of a sudden, you know, you're like, Hey, this uh, is like, feels like a completely different game. Yeah. Cause they were kind of burying the Niners or they had a nice lead and then it became a game at the end. And that's why, I mean, that's why you hear guys like Terrell Suggs say, well, the league didn't want us to win the Super Bowl, so they were trying to rig it up on us. I mean, they've gone with that narrative and they have not moved off of it since then, which is kind of funny. But, uh, 
but that's I mean, it does feel like that momentum makes a big difference and Mahomes, I don't know if they shot up the ankle at the half. I'm not going to say that. I'll let you know, hey, whatever. But he was or a different them, guy in the second they're half. They're saying they didn't do anything. I'm guessing they retaped or they did something, right? Yeah, they might have. He, he said he did not get treatment on it at half, whatever that means. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, you tell me, I mean, they didn't even retape it or anything like that? I mean, come on now. I can't believe they left it a moment. Yeah, let him walk it off. He'll be fine. I'm confident they didn't do that. There's no way. I, that, that's just what they said. He said he didn't get treatment <laughs> on it. So what what does that mean? I don't know. Um, I, you're right. I think you can take that a lot of different ways. Yeah. But Who knows? <clears throat> How about from the Eagles? The per- assault, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. How about from the Eagles perspective? Is this a case where like the head coach needs to be in this game once before he kind of figures out? kind of how to do it you think Sirianni did I mean I thought actually Sirianni coached a really good first half I thought he was in like FU mode the whole time like you could tell he was going for the win he never like changed who he was for the most part except for Miles Sanders just utterly disappeared in the offense which I thought was kind of weird and you know but but Goddard had a good game Smith had a good game Brown had a good game Hertz was fantastic um what what went wrong here for Philly um, I, I just, I think there, I mean, to me, their issues are on the defensive side of the ball, right? If you, if you had told Eagles fans and the Eagles themselves, right, you're going to put up 31 points. I think they would have been pretty confident that they would win that game. Don't you? For sure. And, and, and they really, they really were not good in the second half. Um, there were guys running open all over. They they didn't get any of the pressure. Um, it just it it really was baffling to me that they struggled as much as they did. And I, and so to that, I think you have to give credit to what the Chiefs did, right? And whether you're gonna credit Andy Reid or Bienemy or the rest of the staff. Um, I also thought it was weird that the Eagles brought in Fangio for two weeks. Yeah, that was weird too. What is that all about? Yeah, like, he's not even going to be the guy. He's going to Miami, right? Right. And so I thought that was a little weird, you know. And they gave up thirty-eight, right? I mean, this it was the final score was thirty-eight, thirty-five, and now, right? If they get the stop there at the end, or if they force the Chiefs to field goal and then have a shot, maybe they go down and win. But they didn't, right? They just they couldn't get any stop when they needed it in the second half. Even when it felt like they started to get some momentum back. Um, And so that's frustrating. And now the real question is, where do they go from here? Because they're going to lose some key guys. They're losing both coordinators. Losing both coordinators. We'll talk Um, about that too here in a little bit. Yeah, I I know you love that move. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It, it's it's so funny it, that you're wearing your Cardinals football shirt today. It's very funny. It's apropos that you are wearing that shirt today. So I think I think there's um, some definite questions here because I think the other thing is like the the division should be solid again next year for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know we've talked about teams with Super Bowl hangovers and and I think sometimes that's overblown, but um, I you know and I also don't know how much they can continue to play the style that they've played. 
Right. I mean, Hertz was terrific. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but they are dependent on Hertz running the ball at a pretty high number, right? I mean, that's a little dangerous. Right. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and don't get me wrong, like, Hertz played an amazing game. He threw the ball. He made well. a believer out of me. Yeah, I think he's he, real he's top five quarterback in the league now. Hundred percent. He was putting balls where they needed to be all the time in that game. Um, a great game by him. But it is we've we've talked about it before, right? It's it's dangerous when you're running the ball as much as he is. And those quarterback sneaks. That's going to get somebody hurt. I'm waiting for that to happen. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it is. It. I mean, it's. It's been very successful, and it looks like at times they could just run that all the way down the field if they wanted to. I think so. Which by right the now way, I feel like they can get three yards every time they do that. They need to change that rule too. Like, Richard Sherman agrees with you. We need to get. We need to get away from the, the bush push stuff. Um. Yeah, Richard Sherman made that exact same comment today. It's like, you know, you talk about protecting players, you are not protecting the defensive nose tackles and the linebackers and the guys who are getting blown up by these giant linemen and getting pushed and turned into a rugby scrum. And I know some people are like, well, rugby scrums, I mean, they push all the time in rugby. I'm like, yeah, those are 150-pound guys. Like, these are 300-pound men. Like, you cannot just throw that kind of meat around and not expect an injury. At some point, somebody's going to get hurt. Until then, I bet you all 32 teams have this in the playbook next year. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, I think there's some some uh, risk to it just beyond injury, the way it, you set up with it. And But I also thought it was weird, like as good as the Eagles were at it, that they kept like running other variations off of it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, like there were so many things that you know they'd bunch up and then they'd throw a toss, and they did that on third one got stopped. And I was like, well, why if you're having all this success doing what you're doing, would you change up? Is that coaches just outsmarting themselves? Like it literally works nine times, it can't work ten. Is that the idea? It's like I feel like I would run the same play until they stopped it. Yeah, I think that. I mean, they had a ton of success on it all year, right? Nobody really stopped it all year. They got stopped like once or twice. So yeah, I don't they did know it all why, the time. Why they didn't run it more? I completely agree. I uh, I thought that was a very interesting move uh, by them. I I think Hertz. You're right. Hertz made a believer out of me. If we went back and listened to the over under pod and the pods from last year in the playoffs, I killed Jalen Hurts. So I have to give a full mea culpa. Totally, I got to totally apologize to Jalen Hurts because I said I don't think he's a big time quarterback after the playoff performance last year. In the beginning of the season this year, I said Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's big time. I was wrong. Like credit Nick Sirianni, who I think is a legitimately good coach, and Jalen Hurts, who did who put the work in and got better, and he's a top five quarterback in the league now. You know, he has to be in the conversation with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and whoever else you want to put in there, uh, whether it's Herbert or whatever. But he's got to be in that mix before we move forward. I mean, he was terrific. Yeah, I mean, there's I think there's a lot of guys that have been pretty good. So I don't know if I'd put him as high as you've got him right now. But he he definitely was phenomenal, and he's played well all year, right? Yep. And so now, not that uh, not that uh, just having a year of film more on him too, and and seeing some of their tendencies and what they're trying to run. Like we'll see if he can repeat it and continue it. But he's definitely looked solid. Better, he, looked, he looked better than I think a lot of us thought he did last year. You're 100 percent right. 100. Uh, a couple final thoughts on the Super Bowl. 
The field. Everybody's making a huge deal about the field. I've been saying forever that everybody says, let's go to grass, grass, grass. I'm like, that's not the answer. I mean, that's not the answer. A bad grass field is just as dangerous, if not more than a turf field. This is an example of that. $800,000 on a grass field. The field was a total disaster the entire night. I'm really surprised the guy didn't get hurt. Um, But I'm just saying, like, a bad turf field, absolutely injuries can happen on a turf field. Injuries can happen on a grass field, too. It was not. Uh, it was not a good night for the NFL as far as their their field conditions were concerned for an um, indoor football game outside. Conspiracy or inside theory, outside conspiracy theory for you and and for Ryan. <laughs> the, the NFL left their let the turf be a little suspect to uh, or let the grass be suspect to push their turf narrative. You know what? I've actually heard that, that they were like, hey, the field, was, they extra painted the field a certain way or they did something different with the field. Um, what I'm hearing now is that it's the stage, like Rihanna's stage equipment made, compressed the field and didn't let it breathe and it became slick. And I think the question is, well, hang on a minute. They have elaborate stages every year for these things. How is this the first time this has come up? I, I What I was surprised is they're like, well, they've been growing the grass for two years and it's... Uh, been you know for for this game like they don't just use the same field that seems weird to me yeah why wouldn't you use the grass that's already there although some people complain about that field too like state farm field at arizona doesn't have a great grass field and again part of it's because you're in the middle of the fucking desert like there's very hard to grow grass out there year round and and they're using the grass out they're doing what what uh vegas does where they grow the grass outside and they have the thing that brings it in and all of that stuff. And they're going to be in Vegas next year for the Super Bowl too, which, oh my God, we got to talk about that in a minute. But like, holy, it's it's like, I don't know. I, I get it that you want the grass field over the turf field, but you can't take too many iterations of this grass field. This was not good enough. Like this was a very, this was not a great night for the league. It didn't, it wasn't good on their grandest stage to have the have the field conditions be what they were. Yeah, and and apparently they do like slightly spray paint it green or you know spray paint is probably the wrong term but that they do tint the whole field. Like it's not just cuz they want it to pop. Yeah, they really do want it to be big and bold and pop and all that stuff. And it does. For on TV, the field looks beautiful from a distance. Holy cow. You know, but my goodness. Couple other things. The pregame show, I mean, it's always been nine hours long, but I think it's the fact that we have to do a commercial break before everything. Like, now we're going to hear Lift Every Voice and Sing, and then we're going to hear the National Anthem, and then we're going to hear America the Beautiful, then we're going to do the coin toss, then we're going to do honorary captains, and it's like, holy shit, like, can we just, like, the last hour of the game is just, it's just all kinds of pomp and circumstance, and it's like, We've got to figure, we got to get this. I mean, I get it. You're selling a million ads. So why would I, why, why change? Why change? But holy cow, is it hard to watch the first, like the hour leading up to the football game? Yeah. I, I turned it on right at the coin toss. Um, and that was enough for me. Even that seemed to take forever. Way too long. So, yep. Holy cow. So the season is over. Uh, from a distance. Now you have a chance to sit back and look at it from from the rearview mirror. 
Uh, what are like the couple of big things that you take out of the season? Like what were things that maybe for next year you want to see different? Maybe something you're excited to see for next year? Maybe something you learned this year? It's always time for us to do a little growth stuff. Am I right? Um, I think that it's it's going to be an interesting year because we're continuing to see new quarterbacks excel and that second wave of guys here, right? Like Tom's done. Yep. Aaron's nearing the end. Um, And the guys that we mostly grew up with are not there anymore. That's right. And we saw Jalen Hurts, um, which we've talked about. We raved about Trevor Lawrence towards the end here. Right. And that's in addition to guys like Mahomes and Burrow and Allen. And you know what I mean? So I think that that's kind of the exciting thing for me is we're on to kind of the next generation. And we've got these guys now that are that are going to be there for the long run. Yeah. The last time we were in this spot was like, what, 2000, like three or four, like you had Favre at the end, but everybody else was gone from our childhood, right? Like the Bledsoe's, the Marino's, the Elway's, the, you know, all Steve Young's, all of those guys that we grew up watching, maybe even like Oh one. And we were cheering for Warner and Brady and the end of Favre and all these new guy breeze was coming in Vic. So now we're here. We are again, we're almost in that third generation. You and I have lived through, uh, we lived through the Marina Elways. Now we've lived through Brady Breeze Manning, and here we are moving on to the next group. And this and is, I, is this sort of that? Yeah, and I like that there are, um, there seems to be several guys who are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, it, like at times there's been like, well, there's like three or four guys, and if it's not them, it's going to take a pretty special performance from everyone else on that team. But I think there's a lot of guys right now that you like, you know, can you win a Super Bowl with, you know, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah. Could you win a Super Bowl with, you know, Burrow? Yes. You know, and even guys who haven't won it yet. Right. Cause I mean, we know, right. Mahomes has got two now and there's a couple other guys out there that have got some, but you're going to start to see that. I think, I think we might see a little more parody in when it comes to Super Bowls. Yeah, and there seems like the, the more the game continues to evolve, it seems like the guys that they're bringing up out of college have some of that, right? Like it's – whether it's – I don't know, they like Bryce Young or Levis or Caleb Williams in a year or two could be fun too. So there's options. I mean, there's lots of cool stuff out there. And I'm kind of excited to watch it. I'm kind of with you. I, I'm I'm excited about it. Where does Mahomes for the second Super Bowl – I guess we have to ask this question. I'm not doing the GOAT stuff. People who are like, oh, he's already the GOAT at two. Let's calm down. Hang on. Like, he's had five really good years. I'm not saying that he hasn't had a good year. He's probably already a Hall of Famer, but let's calm down a minute. Um, Brady did go to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. Elway went to five. So, like, let Montana four. Let's let's just calm down a minute here. Uh, but where does Mahomes, where does this, like, where does this kind of put him in the pantheon? Two Super Bowls is big. Three Super Bowl appearances is a lot. Yeah, I, I think that he he needed this. Okay, so needing this one is kind of maybe hyperbole, but he needed this one to really take the step to the next level, right? We knew he was good, and we know that he does some phenomenal things. We know that he makes some questionable decisions at times, right? But, I mean, there's the list of guys with multiple Super Bowls are, you know, it's limited, Right, it really is limited. There's not a ton of guys 
with multiple Super Bowls at quarterback. And who knows? I mean, he could get another one. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, just and, what in our last, think about our, our not even, maybe not our lifetime, but we have, okay, Montana, Aikman, Roethlisberger, Brady, Manning, uh, Mahomes. That's six. Am I missing anybody? Uh, did you say Elway? I had Elway, I think. Okay. So I think Elway, yeah. So I think I got six. If I didn't have Elway, seven, but I think I did. M- Montana, Elway, Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, Mahomes. All right. Yeah. That's uh, so I got six. That's you and I have been watching football for 30 plus years. That's six guys. Right. And that's and, pretty elite stuff. And maybe we'll see some more guys win multiple because we won't see one guy win seven. I suppose Sims, I guess you could say Sims, you know, had two. I guess Phil Sims, I should add him. But Hostetler won the second Super Bowl, really. So I can't count it. But but Phil Sims should have two as well. Yeah. And he does. So, yeah, but that's not that's not a big list. That's more than Favre, more than Aaron, more than Russell Wilson, more than Breeze. Start adding up the elite guys that we have called elite Hall of Famers. He's already blown past all of those guys. So that's pretty crazy. Good, good on Mahomes. And I'm with you. I want to see more. I can't wait for next year. I'm always excited for the new guys that come into the league. It was a fun season. Uh, it was. It's. It, now we're in that little hole now. Well, actually, let's maybe let's shift. Let's talk baseball because pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. How exciting is that? The World Baseball Classic is the reason for it. I, I am a, I am ready for a baseball season for sure. Me too. I've actually decided I'm back in. Uh, with the news that Bally Sports North might not make their first payment to Major League Baseball, or Bally Sports and the Diamond Sports Group might not make their payment to Major League Baseball for the rights, could mean a big shift in how the games get watched the first uh, couple months of the season. Maybe we can get out of this chokehold that we're in by this Bally Group. Uh, I don't know if we will or not, but it'd be nice to see because the games need to get back on TV to, I think, really get the fans back interested um, more consistently. But World Baseball Classic coming up in the next, basically three, four weeks away from the first World Baseball Classic games. Are you a big fan of this? I do enjoy it. I I don't know if I'd say I'm a big fan, um, but I think it's entertaining. Um, I would would enjoy going at some point um, and watching one or two of them. Um, it's, you know, it, it's still somewhat spring training. Yeah. That dog agrees. Yeah. He's not a big fan of the spring training Chinese Taipei games. You know, he doesn't like it when those games are in Japan overnight. Doesn't not a big fan. I think there are, there's a lot of entertaining, um, pieces to it and, um, it's good for the game, right? It's just another exhibition. I, I like that it's four or five years away. Every it's yeah. not an every year thing. I like that they spread it out. It's it's good by me. I w- I wouldn't mind it at the end of the season. Ooh, like in November. Um, and I don't know. Maybe you would get. I think if you went to the end of the season, you could still see guys going longer in games and you know pitching wise and not having to worry about pitch counts and things like that, like they do. Um. But maybe you'd have more guys opt out. I don't know. You know, maybe it becomes more like the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl, and guys don't want to do it. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Well, we know that we know that the guys in the other countries, besides, and the United States is coming along. But I think for the most part, it's always been those the Latin American countries, the Dominican Republic, China, J- or Japan, and Chinese Taipei. They dive all in for this thing. Like, because they love playing together and it's the idea of like actually representing the country and yep. there's actually a little pride for, for those guys to win these things. 
and they want to win it. And that's what makes this kind of fun is that there's legitimate buy-in, maybe not from the United States at first, but there became, now I think there is legitimate buy-in across the board because all these guys want to win it. And that's, what's kind of fun about it. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be fine. Um, It'll give us, let me put it this way. It's still, it's whatever it is. It's better than uh, what we would get for a spring training game. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to be down in Fort Myers for, a, I'm going to try to catch a twins game, but I, I'm just like, who's going to play? I wonder, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Probably not many people, but it'd like be cool to get guys. And you know, I know that's like major league baseball tries to tell them, well, you got to have two or three regulars in the lineup, but like they interpret that pretty loosely. They, you know, regulars <laughs> are guys who are on the 25 man roster. Really? Right. You know, just so dudes that you see every day. Yeah. I mean, it's fine, right? You're watching baseball in the sun in February or March, so I beats the hell out of whatever it is we're doing. I mean, right now it's raining here in Minneapolis. For those of you who listen from other parts of the country, which we have. I'm all in for. Yeah, I am too. I love it's it's rain. It's almost in, we're at a, almost three quarters of uh, we're at a half inch of rain right now today. Uh, might get a little snow overnight tonight, but man, uh, it's been um, just cats and dogs out there today, but uh, I'll take it in mid-February. If it means we can get some snow out of here, knowing we're going to get four or five more inches before we're done, maybe more, let's get rid of as much as we can before that happens. But For sure. Um, so we get the World Baseball Classic. We're excited about that. Pitchers and catchers, rule changes, all kinds of them. You and I have talked about this before. I know that. I know you and I have at least talked about pitch clock and shifts and things of that nature. Um but they also announced the position. You and I have also talked position players pitching. Uh, any other rules? All of those rules that they just kind of came down with and talked about, uh, like, hate, indifferent. You're kind of a baseball purist. Do you, I mean, some people really like this stuff. Some people don't. So I um, guess I'll, I'll defer to you on a lot of this stuff. I don't mind a lot of these rules. I think a lot of these rules are necessary because the players can't, you know, the players and the managers and all the statistician guys, the seam heads, they have made a mockery of this thing sometimes, and you got to do drastic things to get some control of this. All right. Um, let's kind of knock them out here. I am fine with most of it, like you said. Um, the shift going away is is fine, like I said. No one, no one two years from now is going to be like, man, I missed the shift, right? Right. And, and I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the game, especially in the way it's played, because teams are still going to try to hit – the way they hit, you're just going to see a few more ground balls sneak through that were not sneaking through before. Um, I don't like the extra inning rule. That's one I'm not a fan yeah, of. Yeah, you and I both don't really like that um, one. Not a and, fan. And my, my, my theory is this. If it's really that important for you to save your pitching and, you, and, and it devastates you that much, then just throw your catcher out there to pitch in the 10th inning and take the loss. Because, right, like, I just, you don't get it both ways. Either the game's really important and it should be played out and you're trying to win it, or it doesn't matter and you, you're, it's more important to have a pitcher ready for the next day and whatever. And and some of that, too, like, these guys need to stretch out a little bit. Like I completely a, a, agree. A reliever's got to be able to go two innings on occasion. I completely agree. Right? Even Even if that's the next day and you're like, hey, you know, like, we you're up today and you, you got to go two innings. You got to go three, whatever. Like, I think that needs to be a thing. Um, yeah. What happened to the long man? You know, the guy that was just there on the 25 man roster. And it's like, Hey, if this goes pear shaped early, be prepared to throw six. Like it's coming. 
Yeah. So be ready but for the it. The problem is the long man now is the guy who throws two and then is off for three days. Yeah, I can't I can't have it. I can't that's the stuff I love baseball. These are the things that drive me crazy. That these are the stat guys. I need these guys out of here. So I need some baseball guys back. I I do um think that the rules they've made about position pitch players pitching um it's a good rule. solid. I I thought there might be some loopholes with it. But after diving into it, it looks like they've closed most of, most of those loopholes on who is a pitcher and who is not. And you can only have so many guys listed as a pitcher each day. Um, and you can't flop them back and forth. Yeah. You know, I know there were a lot of people going, well, what about a Shohei Otani? It's like, well, that guy has been designated as, as a pitcher. On the day he pitches, he's a pitcher. And they can still only have 13 pitchers on their roster. Right. So he's just, he is a pitcher who is hitting more, um, where it doesn't. There's no advantage to saying, "Hey, my backup catcher is also a pitcher," because that still takes up one of your 13 pitching spots, right? So what they've done, the advantage to the Angels is they have an extra bat because their pitcher is a decent hitter. So yeah, so That's I right. think that one's good. Um, bigger bases, I don't think you're even going to really notice. Um, I. And that's something at like the high school level that's been there forever with the double base at first, right? Like they've been doing that kind of stuff for well, protection of pitchers. Well, have double base, at least around oh, here. But, they do oh, fa- but, but softball does, right? Yeah. Fa- is it fast pitch that has that rule? Yeah, I've never pitch, thought that to be a problem. Fast pitch has a double base at first. Um, base, baseball does not. I, I thought they did. The bigger base, I don't think you're going to notice much because um, I've heard some people talking about there's going to be more stealing. Um, so I think like, I think with the whole, you know, you can only throw over twice and pitch clock and there might, and, and bigger bases, it's going to be a slight increase in stolen bases, but I don't think it's going to be major. No. And we started to see more stolen bases last year. I thought that was the one stat that I saw actually tick up. Yeah. Bunts went down, but I thought stolen bases kind of went back up. And the idea of having a speed guy who could get you a base or two looked like something of value again. I'm not sure we're ever going to get back to the days of Vince Coleman and Ricky Henderson stealing a hundred a year, but right. Right. Like, but, but I think we could get back to 40, 50 a year, maybe. Right. I, I, think, I think that's possible. The guy who, guy who led the majors had like 40 some last year. And, but like at the same time, this is like the guy who led the Red Sox had 10, you know, and, but that would, but that's the case, right? When the twins were really, really good back in the eighties, nineties, when Vince Coleman was stealing a hundred bases, we didn't have one of those guys. No, you know, Gladden would steal 24 or whatever it was. Right. So yeah, I think I think those are those are fine changes. I don't think you're going to notice major impacts from them. Yeah, I think people. Yeah, I, I think we have to see it play out. Some people are really doomsday about them, and they think it's kind of circusy. I don't think those things, other than the extra inning rule, you're going to watch the day to day game and go, "Oh man, I really noticed this." You you might notice pitch clock at the start because yep. it's going to feel like, "Hey man, the, the you know the." Pitcher's getting the ball back and he's throwing it again. Um, Which is going to be refreshing, by the way. Right, right. So I think you might notice it at the start, but after a while you won't. Yeah, and I what they've they've tested this for years in the minor leagues, and it's not like this is a new thing that they've never tested in a minor league game or anything. They've been doing this in winter ball and in minor league games for, 
what, five, six years now? I, I, I feel like this has been on the horizon for a while. They have vetted this, and I think they've seen the uptick that they need. And the minor league players, I don't think, were sitting there bitching and moaning about it. I think they just adjusted and it became a no, thing. No, I mean, there's been some a little bit of complaining about it, but the guys who are complaining, I mean, I'm sorry, but nobody cares, comp- ah, nobody cares when a minor leaguer complains. They're like, who yeah. the hell is this guy, right? <laughs> just go throw the ball. <laughs> and the thing is, it goes both ways. It's not just the pitcher having to hurry up with this. The hitter's got to hurry too. Yeah, the hitter's right? got And they talked back. about this from both perspectives. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm... Most of the changes I'm fine with, like, because it doesn't change the game a ton, right? The shift you'll definitely notice because of the last 10 years and the way the game's been played. I'm also interested to see, though, how that plays out with, you know, you got to have a guy, two guys on each side of the base. Well, are they going to put a guy right at the base and he's going to sprint over after the I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I you know, whatever it takes – I just uh, I just want to see it get done. That's all it is. So I'm excited for that. I think that's going to be great. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Anything else we wanted to hit on here on this little pod Paris session? We knew we had to wrap up the football season, but anything else we need to at least touch on as we wrap things up? I did think it was funny we talked about the Kyrie trade in our last pod Paris, and I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned trading guys for a bag of beans, and then the next day they trade Durant for four first round picks and I'm like I just which also by the way Kevin Durant costs the same amount as Rudy Gobert like what <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah not good yeah, not good the, t- the Timberwolves continue to uh do some questionable things <laughs> You know, yeah, I, not not a, we ended up not getting great value for the old stifle tower. Uh, that well, ended up not being too like, good. I I was at the time I was like, God, it seems like a lot for him and whatever. Yep. I think most of us were like, well, whatever. It's they can't. Be you got to pull the trigger if you're trying to right? win. Right? They yep, can't be 100%. any worse than they've ever been because the Timberwolves just been atrocious for years. But that's really not looking great now. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. I mean, I'm not writing off the Timberwolves, but. Um, it was interesting that it was like immediately, I mean, it was almost like as soon as we got off the air, it felt like they, yeah, that trade happened. It was not long, and then KD was out of there, and I mean, he's not even back healthy yet. We haven't even seen him play, so like, I think people are handing the crown to Phoenix a little too fast here. Like, I want to remind people, it is Kevin Durant. He has been known to not win big games, and he's hurt, so who knows what he's going to look like. So, Yep. Uh, but we have major, a lot of... Major fail by Brooklyn, too. Yeah, yeah, another just absolutely. They've had two of these in a decade or 15. Yeah. They ought to just, they ought to fold it up. I mean, they, they did the KG Pierce thing. That didn't work. And they tried this. This didn't work. Uh, it's just where a lot of people go to get paid and they don't win. So in, it's in not great Pierce, for Brooklyn. Though, they do have a ton of picks. They do have a ton of picks. Not that, not that the picks are worth a ton, um, but I'm sure those picks will get moved now for another right possible superstar yep. or two in the future and they can try this all again. It is currency, right? They've got money in their pocket, and they're going to be able to do stuff. And they got out of some pretty shitty con. Like they had Durant locked up for five more years. They get out of that shit, so that's nice. Yeah, yep, for sure. So take that for whatever that's worth. All right, you and I are going to do a lot more pod paris in the uh, baseball season, in the off season, all that good stuff. I have enjoyed it three years now, Zach. You and I and Ryan have been getting together every week talking football. And uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed all of those podcasts. So I'm excited to keep them going. You and I are going to open some more packs of cards real soon. 
We're going to keep it busy until next August when the football season rolls around again. I'm sure Ryan's already done a handful of mock drafts. I'm sure he ha- will do some draft stuff. So we're not done with football. We'll be back in March, April to preview the draft and do free agent stuff. We'll be b- emergency. The hotline's already out always for any big news or changes. It'll be great. So that's what we will do. Once we'll Aaron wrap the- comes out of his blackout. Yeah, Aaron comes in. We'll, we'll have some, we'll have cameras on site. People will be ready for that. The USFL and the XFL. I know Ryan and Zach are going to be really in on XFL football in, in a couple short weeks. So who knows? We might be doing XFL breakdowns every week. You never know with us. It's, it, it could get out of control very quickly. I would say probably not. <laughs> I, I may watch them, um, but I, I'm probably not on breaking it down. They mic up their coaches more than the NFL does, so I like hearing play calls. So that'll be fun. I'm always going to be up for play calls. I want to hear play calls. For sure. All right. Zach, always a pleasure, my friend. So great to see you. Uh, Thanks for joining us. And again, if you want to subscribe, please do so. Like, subscribe, share out, do all that good stuff at podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And I want to thank you for listening all during the NFL season this year, Um, really supporting this podcast. I really appreciate you. Uh, It will continue on. I promise you. We have episode 200. We got 200 more. I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to try for 200 more. We'll see how it goes. Until next time, for... Zach, this is Tim saying keep your head up, and we'll see you next time.